Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. And the score currently stands at 13-12 to Pokemon. And this time we are watching episode 26, Sora's Crest of Love and Pokemon Sensation. We have some administration, and I'm always awful at starting these off, so I'm just going to try and jump right in. First of all, we got an iTunes review like three weeks ago now, but I only just got notified about it, and it's from a listener in Japan, and they are called Shoutmon Special Secrets, I assume that's supposed to be, and they say, I love both Pokemon and Digimon. It's cool to hear you guys talk about them both. It makes me happy. Keep doing what you're doing. And they rated us five stars and said that we're have to listen podcasts thing. Good. Cool. Thank you. That's that's good. That was amazing. That just like made my day when I saw it. Someone in Japan's listening to us. That's so crazy. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that we actually put these things out for people to listen to. Because to me, because I've never really been on this end of things like podcasts before. To me, it's basically me and you watch cartoons. And then like once a week we sit and just talk about these cartoons. So it's kind of amazing to have people talking about things that we've done. And it's not even like, it's not even the up-to-date stuff. There's also, you know, we've got 20-something episodes already of stuff that's happened and that exists on the internet. It's kind of amazing. We've done all this stuff just slowly and steadily built up. To be fair, we've had, what, three episodes come out on time? In a row. Or more, so... We're doing well. Yes, that was an awesome iTunes review that we got. Thank you very much. That was really nice. And on Twitter, we've got messages from May, as usual. Hello, May. Hello, May. Who is in Japan at the moment? Yes, May is in Japan at the moment. They keep updating their Twitter and stuff with photos of amazing things. May, first of all, points out that the green line on Ash's hat constantly changes in size. I haven't noticed it, but I'm going to look out for it. I honestly wouldn't know, because I had to check if there was even a green line on his hat, because I wasn't sure. This is the stuff I normally keep an eye out for, but I don't watch the episodes one after the other. I watch a Pokemon and a Digimon, or whichever it calls for for that week, because we watch you know one Pokemon first, then Digimon, and then Digimon, then Pokemon. So I don't watch the Pokemon together. So neither of us know anything about Ash's hat. But I am going to keep an eye out for it. Just every scene from now on, you'll be watching his hat. Just like, is that, is that green line a different size? I do notice that sometimes his eyes go like a really light brown. They just change colour. And I rarely notice things. I just listen, mostly. And May also says they're three episodes behind and it's breaking their heart. They'll try to catch up. They just watched Abra's Psychic Showdown. Oh dear. The next couple of episodes are... Well, by the time you've got to this, you would have seen the, the next couple of episodes. So let us know what you think of the next episodes. The the Haunter one and the second one. The Kadabra versus Haunter, which is a lie. Haunter versus Kadabra, even. Yeah, that'll do. The Tower of Terror was okay. Yeah, that was okay. That's my favourite of the three episodes, I think. You see, there was the Tower of Terror, which was okay. Then there was Haunter versus Kadabra, which was pretty bad. And then there was Primate Ghost Bananas, which was also pretty bad. Yeah, we've had a streak of very mediocre episodes. Yes, we have. Maybe this next episode will be good. May says they do have unlimited Wi-Fi in the room in Japan, so that they can watch. But, I have said, the episodes will still be here when you get back from Japan. So I'm hoping that they're not going to just, like, sit around and watch Pokemon in Japan. Why not? That sounds kind of fun. 
I wouldn't go all the way to Japan just to watch Pokemon. I'd go there and just stay in the hotel room because what's there to see in Japan? There's nothing. That is a lie. That is a blatant lie. Japan is amazing and I can't wait to go next year. I think that's everything. Thank you for all the feedbacks and stuff. Yes. It's great. Just a few tweets is always nice. If you do want to message us though, links are all in the show notes. The first episode we are watching this time is Sora's Crest of Love. As the Digi-Avengers assemble, they have to track down Sora, who is mysteriously trying to avoid them. When the gang finally corner her, she explains how she has growth and personal development and slightly forced history with love. The men dislike this excuse and decide to mansplain to Sora how she is wrong and how they think she should just get over her issues because it's that simple. Out of nowhere, the world's most dramatic cosplayer appears to enact an extremely elaborate and poorly thought out plan. Sora, Realising she's holding on to misunderstood negativity towards her mother, finally understands that love doesn't always mean letting people do whatever they want, and causes Beamon to evolve into badass Native American Phoenixmon, and they retreat from Edgelord Cosplaymon. It's a Sora episode. It is. Well, it was supposed to be. It was, but it really wasn't. It was more the gang tells Sora how she's wrong. I didn't like Ty very much. She has these issues. So I'm going to start from the start. So the recap this time was quite nice. It simplified the last episode and explained it in a nice way. They weren't too mean towards how Mimi was. And uh, then it cuts to Ty, Joe and Mimi on the extremely abused swan boat. It's got like tape and stuff keeping it together. And then uh, the Gangri group and Palmon is the only rookie there, I think. And she's like, it's been so long since I've seen you. My, you've shrunk because they're all uh, in training forms, which I thought was really cute. So yeah, everybody all up apart from Sora. And then one of them, I don't know who it is. I think it's Ty says it's not like Sora to disappear. But I'm pretty sure that Sora was the first person to leave the group. Sora just snuck off in the middle of the night. Yeah, to do her own thing. And then uh, we get an extended time with Myotis 1. There's no dramatic reveal or anything. Nah, I'm just going to let everybody know I'm not a fan of Myotis 1. I really don't like him. He's this—he's just a joke. And your problem is? Myotis 1 is this edgelordy, weird, so self-obsessed person. Like, he even says to Demi Devyman at one point, when they say they've got people ready to fight in his army, and he says, uh, are they worthy enough of me? I'm like, why are you like this? Because he's the big bad. He has these plans, and uh, they're bad plans. And this episode, he was kind of okay, and then the next episode we'll talk about later, but he just gets worse and worse and worse. He does sort of blame Demi Devyman for all of the stuff going wrong. One single rookie Digimon. Had to go and get all the quests. Why didn't he go and get them? There's so many opportunities that he could have just made his plan a lot easier. But he just seems so focused on doing this one thing in this one way. And it just doesn't make sense. I'm pretty certain he also says that it was his plans that Demi Devimon's messed up. But it's all been Demi Devimon's plans. Myotismon's done nothing so far. No, he hasn't except, you know, stay in shadow and be all broody. Broody edgelord cosplaymon. So then we get Flymon appearing. Because filler. Yeah, because they need a Digimon. They can't use Coagumon again, so they use not Coagumon. And then it starts launching stingers. And those stingers <laughs> look awful. They've got to be like maybe a foot long. If one of those hit the kids, they would just be dead, no matter what part of you they hit. They're huge. Good. What do you mean good? Actual danger. Oh, I thought like good. I hope the kids die. <laughs> That too. To be fair, they haven't been in like immediate life-threatening danger in a few episodes. Matt was almost run over by an egg monster. That's not really panic, immediate life-threatening danger, though. It's an egg. It'd be like the equivalent of a car crash. I suppose. And then Gomamon starts attacking it by throwing fish at the Flymon. 
I didn't know he could do that. This is his ultimate move. Spawning fish. And they're not even going really fast. They're sort of slowly flying towards it. Birdramon appears and defeats that. And then they follow where Birdramon flies to where they see Sora. And there's a shot in this episode. Sora's arms are really thin and noodly. I've not noticed before, but there's some parts where she's got her arms stretched out. And they're really wiry and curved and weird. They're all very thin characters. They've got big heads and like big hands and tiny arms. Mainly because of gloves. And lots of gloves. Everybody has either a hat or gloves or wristbands or something. Then Sora's sad because Demi Devimon came up to her and said, You don't know what love is. Even though she's literally seen him lie to every other member of the Digidestined. She's like, he lied to everybody, so clearly he's telling me the truth. Exactly. And then she has a flashback to her mother telling her that she can't go and play football because of her knee. And then there's a shot where Sora is looking at her knee and her left eye just melts halfway down her face. I'm not even joking. So yeah, they have this, and then there's an argument. Their argument is so forced for me, though. Like, surely she could work at the flower shop on the weekends, maybe? Why not both? It's not like, oh, no, you can't do this at all. Come and do this at the flower shop with me. You could quite easily say, look, I really enjoy this. This is a sport that I really enjoy. You know, I need to be active. Why don't you let me do my sport that I enjoy? I will come and work in the flower shop maybe, you know, two days a week or something. I can learn that as well. You don't have to cut one thing out completely. Because children don't know about communication yeah but it's the mother maybe the mother could have said that to her i think that maybe her mother should have said to her in a different way you know maybe you should start doing some of this for think about this when you're older instead of you cannot do your hobby because if sora's mom really didn't want her to play soccer maybe don't let her in the first place she has it a soccer kit i don't think sora could have paid for that herself i think it was more because of the injury that her mother didn't want her to go out and play soccer maybe and so I was just like, you never want me to play soccer again? You monster! I think there was just a lack of communication. And I did feel like it was a little bit forced. But then she starts crying and Matt, out of nowhere, just gives just the best advice. And then it's like, cause, because TK is concerned, let her cry. She needs to cry. She just needs to get this out of her system. For once, Matt gets something right. And I was like, okay, he gets a point towards being good. But that doesn't, that doesn't excuse him from being a punny weirdo. And then... TK thanks her for saving him, which I thought was really nice. Because uh, obviously she's helped everybody in their own way. And I don't know why she herself couldn't figure out that she has shown everybody love by helping them all out. She wants to know what love is. So TK says to Sora that he doesn't miss his mom as much when she's around. So I'm not sure if... TK saying that he sees Sora as a mother figure or whether she just reminds him of his mum or something. But sometimes I feel a bit weird about people saying that because there's a woman in the group that she's like the mum. Especially when they're about the same age as well. Like in Steven Universe, people call Garnet Square Mum. But that's because she is like a, a lot older than Steven and she does have this quality of teaching him life lessons. Sora hasn't taught TK anything. She's, what, a couple of years older than TK? And I don't think she's ever given off that vibe of I'm going to be motherly towards you. I don't think it's a good thing in shows that if this person hasn't got motherly qualities, if this person is really caring and, and sits down with this person and makes sure that they're okay and teaches them stuff, by all means say that they're, they have motherly qualities. But don't force that upon a character Sora doesn't seem like a motherly person well I'm thinking back now to the second episode of the series when Sora just sits down and talks with TK about the candy that he's got on his back and I can see why like maybe she just treats him or just pays more attention to him than the others do have they even spoke more than that though well, it's more than most other characters have spoken to each other. Just casual conversation. At least it's an example of her sort of just 
paying attention and showing motherly qualities. I don't know. It it, does, it bothers me at times because you never see like if there's like it's some things you do get like there's the dad of the group, but a lot of the times, nine times out of ten, you'll get there's the mom of the group, and they're just eh. well, it's between her and Mimi. There hasn't got to be a mom of the group though, does there? Well, there hasn't got to be, but it doesn't mean that there isn't one. I don't think there is one because there isn't like a dad of the group either. If anything, Matt's more the dad of the group. No, Matt's more the brooding uncle that just wants to get drunk all the time. Nah, he's like the dad of the group because he teaches everybody how to cook and he cooks for everybody. So he's like the dad of the group. There isn't really a parental figure within this this group. Maybe Joe because he can he's he just is worried about everybody all the time. But I wouldn't call Sora the mom of the group. But she loves everyone. Everybody loves everybody in a way. She doesn't specifically have love as her main trait. Except it's supposed to be. It's her crest, but she's not being more motherly than well, more loving than anybody else. I think it's it's more kind than love kindness that's someone else's crest that's series two and he's not even that kind anyway don't you think maybe matt should have the crest of love and saw she had the crest of friendship because she's helped her friends matt should have the crest of i want everyone else to go away and leave me alone no he's the crest of love because he loves his, his little brother i don't think matt should get love why he loves his brother not really what should he get then? Like a non a non jokey one? The crest of coolness. <laughs> the crest of cool. Now nah, I definitely think there's some misplaced crestsness. Yeah, definitely. So after that, Myotis one appears in a flying hearse thing, which is ridiculous. It's Etamon all over again, except he takes himself seriously. I suppose. But he he appears out of... Well, he doesn't appear. He, he You see him leaving the castle. And then Demi Devimon appears and tries to kill Sora. But... Why isn't anybody keeping watch? Because they always have someone keeping watch. They're out of practice. That's for plot convenience. Probably. Also, it's late and it's dark. And Demi Devimon's a small bat thing. Beerman jumps in the way of Sora and gets stabbed with a, a needle, which looks really painful. And then Mojismon appears and the cof- the, the hearse door opens. Out falls a coffin. Coffin falls to the floor. Coffin opens and he's there wrapped up in his own cape. Honestly, this guy's such a drama queen. He's awesome. He's so dramatic and I hate him, but I kind of love the fact I hate him. He's great. He's like the sort of person who will wait for like three hours behind a door in the darkness for someone to arrive so they can be dramatic. He's the person who will spend like £50 on some sort of special effect just to make his entrance a bit more grandiose. It's like he's read Twilight and thinks that he can make vampires better. So what he wants is this weird cosplay obscure vampire thing he did it though he's so dramatic and then there was stuff in this episode for sora yeah well i, under, I like i got to like before she appeared so i, I got the beomon wanted to go fight but she was hurt and sora understood that she's being towards beomon the way her mom was being to her and then uh yeah beomon evolves into birdman and then to one of the best digimon ever <laughs> into giant birdman man in, in into phoenix native american chicken bird it's amazing I'm pretty sure Garudamon's the biggest one as well. Or um, Mega Cabritarumon out of the kids. I'm sure it's one of those two. But yeah, Garudamon's pretty cool. It's a bit out of the blue. She had to in this episode because it's Sora's episode. It doesn't really match any of the previous Digivolutions that much. It's a massive change. It's there because there it has to be in the episode. This isn't a very good Ultimate Digivolution episode. No, it is not. 
the only good one we've really had has been Ty's. Yeah, Ty's first one was quite dramatic and it felt really good and it, it seemed to match the plot quite well. I wish that Sora had one of these moments as well where she was sick of everyone, everybody being beaten up and she sees that she can she can protect everybody and then also goes and fights Myotis mom and causes it to Bertramon to evolve. Because we haven't had Mimi's yet because Mimi's not allowed one. And then in this one we had essentially the the guys explain to Sora why she's being stupid and then it happens and I'm like eh. but yeah we get the line Sora I can feel your love which is like an iconic line Sora I can feel your love it's such a cringe worthy line and then after that we get hey Digimon I'm like uh there goes all the tension was it really that tense in the first place no but there's always that little bit of oh you know he's he's beating up all the other Digimon so maybe they won't be able to beat him then hey Digimon starts and you're like yeah nothing nothing serious is gonna happen except they don't win no but they retreat they fly away because Garudamon is actually massive <laughs> carries all of them in the palms of his hands or her hands I don't know their hands their hands I don't know if Beomon changes gender or not maybe maybe not we'll never know because it doesn't really matter anyway. We'll never know because it's not important. No, which is cool, I guess. We don't need to focus on that. Cool. Those are essentially my thoughts of this episode. That's it. Yeah. But you're forgetting the cliffhanger. My notes have changed from here are things I like, here are things I don't like. And now it's like I, I, I talk a lot more than you do. I sort of go through the episode, like the plot of the episode as it goes along and point out things I like or things I don't like. Mostly things I don't like. It's basically you just do the plot and then I just go, this is what I thought. Basically, yeah. I liked my Otisman's Crimson Lightning attack. Actually, to be fair, I think it's one of my favourites when I was younger. It is a really cool attack. I used to love the colour crimson and, and I thought that was a, it's pretty cool. It's just a beam of reddish or crimson of crimson be of energy just uh, it's good it's cool and the way he says it as well crimson lightning <laughs> crimson lightning my otis man is super broody it's better than grizzly wing which is have a lot of bats <laughs> it's just here's a nuisance i actually felt that hey digimon hey digimon was right at home in this episode because it matched the whole cheesy tone of everything that was going on mm, okay i mean is there anything cheesier than sora i can feel your love no. It fit in perfectly for once. And the cliffhanger was good of just my Otismon catching up to them. He caught up to them? I thought he just cast a giant shadow saying like, oh, you'll never get away stuff. I thought he was like looming over them. I'm sure it's just like a shadow, like dark clouds appear over them and you just hear his voice. I thought that was him like coming over the hill. No, I thought it was just him essentially sending a message to them. I got the impression that he was actually chasing after them. We'll find out in the next episode of Digimon Digital Monsters. He doesn't catch up to them. So uh, I guess it's not really a cliffhanger. Or if it is a cliffhanger, then it's just sort of like, oh, they kept running and they got a bit further away. Because it's not mentioned in the next episode. <laughs> but things I don't like, they're back in a forest again, which is almost as common as the desert. It's a bit samey at this point. It's easy to animate though. Because it doesn't require animation, it's just a background. Blotchy green. Blotchy green, all the way. My last complaint thing is sort of like lots of stuff all put into one, which is that this Sora episode, if you can call it a Sora episode, is full of tons of stuff to waste time so that they don't have to talk about Sora. There's so many digivolutions <laughs> and so many flashbacks. And a lot of Sora's dialogue is just explaining what everyone's crests are to them. Because Myotisman knows what all the crests are. And she overheard him talking to Demi Devimon about them conveniently. So basically, it does everything in its power to not let Sora actually do anything. 
Yeah, she definitely gets the short end of the stick out of the group. She always gets the least plot development or anything. Or Like, even in season two, she becomes a love interest and like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, maybe give her a bit more of a, her own stuff. But she has the crest of love interest. That might as well be it. Cool. Anything else? It's the same thing as all the other ultimate Digivolution things where they just realise something and then that's like, oh, they fulfilled their crest now. They don't actually do anything, they just learn something. Like I said before, I feel like Sora's was quite forced because it's not like her mum doesn't love her. She clearly loves her. But I feel like they made it so that like, it, it was quite forced that she says, oh, you know, you're not allowed to go and play football ever again and want you to start working in the flower shop. And it's like, if she had just said then, how about I do both? Solved all of her problems. But she's so worked up about the fact she can't play football. I think the whole problem with this arc is that every episode has been exactly the same. It's just introduced a problem and then fixed it in the same episode. So none of the characters have actually developed. They've just got the digivolutions now. Or realised something. Mimi didn't even get her digivolution. This arc's been bad. Yeah, it has. So what was your favourite thing? I'm going to say Matt. Because credit where credit's due, for once he was actually in the right. It was just like, let Sora just do what she wants. Let her have her emotions. He does get points for that. That was quite good of him. My favourite thing this time is my Otis one. <laughs> because he's just the worst and I hate him. He's overdramatic. He's too elaborate. He expects people to do almost impossible tasks and then berates them for it. He lets the kids make their crests glow before he gets to them. And then he's like, Sora is the last one. I'll go and solve this. I will go and get the crests off them. Do it in the first place. Idiot, you idiot. He's been busy. Busy doing his hair (laughs) or what? He's had to wait for his costume to be delivered from Amazon. Oh, no, 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 no. Miotis one makes his own costumes. Well, he needed the materials. Okay, he got the materials, yeah, but he will, you, you can guarantee he's the sort of person who made his own outfits. I put a skull on one shoe and a bat on the other. Oh, I'm so edgy. Just look at my Otis man, okay? He's got that smug little grin on his face. He's got M-shaped hair, which, how does that work? Because he just gelled his hair into three perfect strands. If you take his mask off, his eyes are creepily far apart. <sighs> he's really weird. He's got the tiniest little arms... And he's got his waist is smaller than his head. He's got giant feet and giant hands. But he's a cool vampire design. He's a dork. He tries so hard to be edgy, but he's just this colossal dork. I hate him, but I love hating him. Okay, so he's your favourite thing because you're just going to bail on him the whole time. Because like I can hate Etamon, but then I'm like I hate Etamon, but he is kind of cool because he's just this insane monkey. I could hate Devimon because he's just not really interesting bad guy, but then he's a first challenge and he's quite cool. With Myotismon, he just doesn't make sense. The plot is stupid. He has these ideas and seems to not follow through with them. He wants people to do impossible things. He thinks so highly of himself and not of others. And it's like, this, uh, he's the sort of person that if you if you do something wrong against them, they'll he'll destroy you, which is one of the worst villain tropes. Like, oh, you disappoint me, so I'm going to shoot you. Now, who's the next person I can boss around? Well, it's punished Demi Devimon a million times already. For trying to stop the crests from glowing? For failing to. He's a dork and he's an idiot. He's just 
Etamon in vampire form. But Etamon didn't care for all the kids. He had his own agenda. The kids just turned up and he decided to fight them. Myotis One's specific plan is to stop the kids from getting the crests to glow. Etamon had no plan towards the kids until they became an annoyance. And at least Etamon doesn't stand around going, oh, I'm the greatest human being in the world. I shall defeat all of you. You're all not worthy of me. I'm Etamon the king. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's the best, but he doesn't think he's better than everybody else. Yeah, he does. He's just like, everyone should be my fans. <laughs> yeah, fans, he doesn't talk down to them. He's not like, oh, you're all disgusting and you're not worth my time. The only difference is he's in a monkey suit instead of a vampire costume. Etamon's better. He doesn't have a coffin and stuff that falls out of a hearse. I think Myotismon puts on a better performance. Myotismon is Etamon if he had a budget. Okay, so what are your overall thoughts? It's just another ultimate episode. Yeah, it's kind of eh. Sora was sad for reasons that were a bit too forced. Like if she'd spent five minutes thinking about it, she would have been like, oh, well, she does care about me because she didn't want me to go get her even more. It's just kid gets problem, kid realises solution to problem, digivolve, boom, done. And Myotismon is introduced to just get the next ball rolling. It's a pretty empty episode. Yeah, not the best. It's another meh. We've had many meh. There were some good moments, like Matt letting Sora have her time and everything, and I think that's about it, all I can think of right now. Gurudamon, <laughs> the entire Gurudamon moment was quite good. Apart from the line. It was just as cheesy as... Hey Digimon and the entire of my Otismon. I'm glad that Beoman just ignored Sora though, because that's a bit of personality for Beoman. That's one good thing, is that the Digimon went off and did its own thing. Are we moving on? The second episode we're watching is Pokemon Sensation. Ash and Co. arrive in Celadon City, where the fifth gym in Ash's journey is situated. Upon arrival, Brock detects Older Woman, also known as Perfume, and heads straight for the perfume shop. Ash, for some reason, has very strong negative opinions of Perfume, which naturally insults everyone in the shop, and him kicked out. So he heads for the gym, where he's barred entry since he's a Perfume hater, and the gym is where Perfume is made. Team Rocket are denied entry as well, so they come up with an ingenious plan to get in by convincing Ash to disguise as their daughter, Ashley, to gain entry. Ashley makes it all the way to the main room where Ko is learning about grass Pokemon from the gym leader, Erica. Pikachu sees through Ash's disguise and outs him to the group. But Erica finally accepts Ash's challenge. They battle. Ash comes close to losing, but then Team Rocket sets the gym on fire and blasts off out of there. Ash saves Erica's gloom from the inferno and earns his fifth gym badge in the process. So I was looking back at the episodes since Butterfree's gone and I was trying to think and actually, you know what? Every single battle or match that Ash has had since Butterfree would have been useful in. Would have been good against the Psychic types. it's a bug type. Would have been good against Primate because it's got flying attacks. It would have been good in this episode because it uses bug attacks, which are good against grass. And also, like, grass and poison. Psychic's good against poison. And it can learn uh, Psy Wave, I think it is. What you're saying is that Butterfree is the best. Butterfree is the best. And would have been a lot better for Ash. But no, they had to get rid of it. I think it's because they found out Butterfree was too good and would have been too good in these episodes. Butterfree OP. But yeah, so the title's dumb, but... It's funny a little bit. Sensation. Sensation. Starts off with Brock oogling girls in a window because, of course, it will. He just literally smells them. He does it in every episode. He just gets worse. He's becoming more and more of a pervert every episode. Brock is yet again oogling a person because he has to. That's his prerogative. 
And then uh, it cuts to Misty being in there and trying perfumes. And that was pretty cool. And then Ash goes in and says it's all a waste of money and then has a fight with the woman there. And the woman, isn't her name Perfuel or something like that? Which woman? The main woman. The main woman was Erica. No, I'm sure if she says, if she spells her name out, like... Uh, the main woman was Erica. Was it? In the gym, he sees Erica and is like, oh my god, it's the woman from the shop. So it must be Erica. But I'm sure she spells out her name. That's not, she doesn't spell it Erica. When she's stepping towards him and she's angry, she's like, P for this, E for this. Oh, she just spells the word perfume. <laughs> Miss Steven steps in and says, that spells perfume. She's called Erica. Okay, well, it is Erica anyway. And then the next thing I've got is Gloom. Gloom is in the room when Team Rocket's trying to break in. And Gloom is the happiest little Pokemon. Gloom is one of my partner's favourite Pokemon and I'm not entirely sure why. Because it's the best. It's so cute. It's so cute. It says like the saddest word in the happiest voice. It's just like, gloom, gloom. It's like me going, depression. It's so strangely endearing. It is. Gloom is quite cute. It's so cheerful. So then gloom releases a smell and Team Rocket are flailing around being grossed up by the smell. And then, uh, isn't it Jesse says to Meowth, because Meowth's panicking that Meowth doesn't have a nose? It breaks the fourth wall. It's like, Meowth didn't have a nose. Oh, my nose smells stuff. Oh, no, wait, that's right. The cartoonist never gave me a nose. I'm like, oh, that's a bit fourth wall breaking, but it's great. I'd be perfectly happy with Team Rocket breaking the fourth wall just all the time. Yeah, I think it's quite good. And then they're tied up in a tree, because did the gym trainers tie them up and just leave them there? That is a very good point. They got X's on the face. Yeah, but maybe they should have called the police or something but they just tied them up and put them in a tree i don't remember them actually being tied up by anyone (laughs) no they're just there tied up and then ash teams up with team rocket to get into the gym and ash is dressed like 11 from stranger things and becomes ashley and i was like ashley's voice sounds like ash's mum's voice and i was like oh wait yeah because the voice actor who plays ash also voices ash's mum and ash's voice actor is a woman that must be quite difficult to be a female voicing a male that's trying to sound female that sounds confusing (laughs) well he's got quite a unique voice hasn't he he's got like it's not scratchy but it's almost uh, it's got sort of a like almost like that in the back of it when he talks but it's quite good but the whole first half of this episode does just feel like it's made to force this thing to happen because they think it'll be funny yeah and if i'm honest it's kind of pointless because they ban him from getting into the pokemon gym but then when they find out it's ash they let him battle anyway erica says that she has to accept a challenge which makes the whole thing at the start completely wrong oh i should just say just just cut in that james's disguise is the best yeah it is doesn't even look like james it's just bald old man but yeah i know i know what you mean it makes no sense why he's barred from there just because he doesn't like perfume especially if erica does have to accept a challenge we learn that he's banned from the gym because that's where the perfume comes from and this makes me really happy because i like it that the gyms are being used like misty and her sister's gym is an aquarium and an aqua performing thing and then this one is a giant greenhouse basically and i think it's absolutely amazing because if you look at things like sabrina's it's just a giant empty place with just one cupboard somewhere with some people staring at spoons and then lieutenant Sergius is just a dark building and brock's is just a, another dark building with some rocks on the floor <laughs> it's nice to see the gyms actually being used for purposes other than gym battles because they're kind of big buildings and they're kind of important surely they'll be doing something it looks like a gloom as well or valplume wait is this his fifth badge yeah yeah it just shows how quickly he's getting these gym badges <laughs> i'm just losing track going from surges to sub sabrina's i think it was it's didn't he have like five or six episodes and then from sabrina's to this one it's only been 
two episodes. It was two episodes ago we got the last batch. The pacing in this is weird. It's all over the place. He'll get to a thing and then there'll be loads of filler. Then he'll get a thing and then he'll get the next thing and then there'll be more filler. I'm interested to see how long it'll be till the next batch. Yeah, Ash goes to the gym. Well, Ashley goes to the gym and you see the saddest dancing you've ever seen. <laughs> like Execute, Bell Sprout, and I think it's Oddish, isn't it? I can't remember who the third Pokemon is, but they're just basically kicking their legs in the air. And you see Gloom as well. Gloom's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. I thought Gloom was about the size of a football, but it's it's a lot bigger. It's the size of a small stool. But yeah, so and Co are learning all about something. Grass Pokemon, I think it was supposed to be. But then Pikachu just susses out Ash straight away and electrocutes him and reveals that it's Ash. It's because Ash is trying to get Pikachu to leave him alone. And Pikachu doesn't appreciate being shunned. And then Erica says that it's her duty to fight anybody who challenges for a badge, which also contradicts why he's been barred and then Ash decides to send out Bulbasaur against a grass type do you know who'd be really good against a Tangler? no who would be really good against a Tangler? a Butterfree because it's got bug moves which are good against grass it knows flying moves and can fly so it can attack from a distance but no he sends out a Bulbasaur well that's because Butterfree had to go breed. You know what else would be good against a grass type? Pidgeotto because it's a flying type or Charmander because it's a fire type but no grass which will be not very effective against grass. In my notes I've got grass versus grass. Why? Flying and fire are so good against grass and then capitals, capital letters are like gosh I hope he has some of those Pokemon somewhere. Ash 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 ash. So Weeping Bell versus Charmander uses a fire attack and then it tries to finish him off with Skull Bash which is a move that takes a, a, a turn to charge instead of just use another fire attack and then she sends out Gloom and Pikachu wants to go and fight. What happened to the Tangler then? I'm assuming it's best out of three. So Pikachu wants to go fight but he's like oh no you won't be able to take the smell but the smell's in the air you know it'd be really good against like airborne smells and poisons and stuff. Someone who's good with wind you know what two Pokemon he had that were really good at uh, using wind-based attacks he's making some really poor choices in this if he just thinks you know gloom's main thing is to use smell why don't i just use a wind-based attack like i've done in other episodes ash has regressed again we're actually assuming that he progressed in the first place i don't think his battle abilities have actually improved at all no i feel like a lot of it's just random chance so he hugs pikachu because pikachu's agreeing to fight for him and that's really adorable it's in the opening as well it's that bit where they're sat together and he hugs him but then their battles cut short because surprise surprise team rocket attack again and team rocket keep that motto fresh by jumping off the lights to their death because it's that's got to be quite high it's got to be you know maybe a couple stories higher at least and they just jump off to the floor they're not gonna land on the floor they're clearly gonna break legs or something they're invincible they've fallen halfway down a skyscraper before and been fine yeah at some point earlier they've planted a bomb because why not and the bomb goes off and then they blast off because they've done their job now which is to create some sort of problem and then the entire place is on fire and they've got to evacuate and then one girl somewhere says when recovering all the pokemon to get out of the pokemon Jim. She says, uh, we've got to catch them all. I'm like, so the place is on fire and everyone needs to escape, but you're just still got to stick the motto in there somewhere. Just, we've got to catch them all. You haven't got to catch them all. You've got to save them all. That's a difference. And everybody stood outside the front and Ash didn't take any initiative to use Squirtle. Had to wait for Misty to say so. Even Misty took a while. She could have started using her water Pokemon as soon as the fire broke out, but they had to get outside first. Maybe do both at the same time. Safety first. You've got to evacuate. That's the main priority. One problem I have with this episode is Gloom was literally in front of Erica. She could have recalled it, but instead Gloom stands there. Ash has to go and get it. And it stood in exactly the same spot. Oh, it moves to a different room. <laughs> I just assume 
that Gloom just stood there and waited to embrace death. Gloom wasn't in the stadium anymore. It moved to the grass room. Well, I just assumed it wanted to stay in there and just wait to die. It's done with this episode. And like when he starts to run back into the gym, I'm like, yeah, this is how he gets the badge. He doesn't win the battle. He earns it for doing something else. Again, it's the fourth out of five where he's not actually won a battle. Brox, he didn't finish off Onyx. So Brock gave him the badge. He had still won that one because of the water. Like, he was in a situation to win. Didn't he just stop? Yeah, he just stopped. He didn't actually win. He just stopped fighting. <laughs> but it was a clear, like, he, he clearly would have won. In the other matches, like, he was basically losing. Yeah, but he didn't still technically actually earn it in the way the league rules should work. I know, but you need to agree with this because it makes the next problem I have with this episode make sense. Why does it matter if it's three or four badges? Because he's won two battles properly and they are both against the men like he was clearly winning with brock but decided to not finish it and against surge he won properly but against the women he earned the badge with misty he helped them and sabrina just was there he fixed her problem and with erica he helped her save her gym it's like is this sexism maybe why can't he have like a tough opponent who isn't a man it doesn't have to be always that the men are tough and the women he has to help save does that make sense? It does. But we can't really say for certain if that is the pattern until we've seen all the gyms. It holds up right now, but we can't just say out right now. Oh, they always do the same thing until we know all the gym leaders. Well, without spoiling too much, that's it for women. Really, that's it. And in the other ones, he has actual matches. There's no other saving them from Team Rocket. I think that's where my problem is because like, obviously you don't know what happens next, but... I do, and from my knowledge, it's all the other gym leaders now are men, and he fights them all fair and square. Well, that's not right. The only three women in the league, and none of them are actual proper battles, they just give him the badge because he helped them. Sabrina did beat him the first time. But then he's also been beaten before by Brock and Lieutenant Surge. But also Sabrina was crazy. She was mentally ill. (laughs) She was basically schizophrenic. (laughs) Yeah, she did split herself into two people. Misty's just a main character that follows behind Ash, and is basically in his shadow most of the time. And then Erica is perfume-obsessed. Once you collect the data of every single gym leader and what he does to get their badge, it is quite suspicious that the only times he doesn't win the badge but earn it. I mean, there is the one time with Brock that's questionable, but he was clearly going to win because he had found a solution, which was to get Onyx wet. Oh yeah, that was right. It was because they accidentally set off the sprinklers so he didn't properly win. So he didn't actually earn that badge still. It was kind of a coincidence, yeah. It's only actually one badge that he's earned properly so far. But still, all the other badges that he's earned, they were clearly earned then Brock's. With Brock's, at least there was, you know, there was still a victory with Misty, Sabrina and Eric you know even though he lost against sabrina he didn't really win because haunter was just there and made her laugh like sabrina was good yeah but maybe have him beat her in a really close match but no she giggles a little bit and her tee hee tee hee you could have the badge now there was a funny ghost and now i'm fixed yeah this is a product of the 90s definitely <laughs> that's disappointing sexism is alive and well in pokemon in the form of female gym leaders any more thoughts on this episode not really oh There is the moment where he doesn't even bother sending out Primate. You know when I said the joke was going to be whenever he sends out Primate, he gets beat up? Yeah. This time, they didn't even actually have to send him out for the joke. They just did the flashback to the joke instead. Mm. They don't even have to bother sending him out to pull that joke out of the bag. So, what was your favourite thing? Gloom, gloom! Mine was also gloom, because gloom is amazing. It's a weird bulb that smells gross. I love it. It's just adorable. It's really derpy. It makes the cutest sounds. Gloom, gloom! 
Overall thoughts? It happened. It's not very good, at least for moving on very quickly. There are elements I like in this episode. Like, I like seeing the gyms being used instead of just empty buildings. And I think this is my favourite gym so far. Definitely design-wise. But there are other things in this episode that bother me. For example, Team Rocket are just there literally to stop Ash winning the match fair and square. And to also create the plot where he cross-dresses. Yeah, and then also Ash gets the badge from not winning because that's what women do. Women can't just be beaten in a match. They have to just give him the badge because why not? Because he's so nice and he looked out for them. He saved them. Isn't Ash great? Always looking after those puny inferior women. This is what Pokemon's putting across. Now it's time for Mono in Mono, where we'll talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our glooms of the week. My gloom of the week is Pikachu for calling Ash out on his disguise. Pikachu doesn't care if he's wearing a dress. Pikachu sees past gender binaries. He does. He's like, Ash, what are you doing? What is this? What's going on? He's not, though. He's just happy to see Ash. Yeah, but he's like, why can't anybody else see that it's quite, quite clearly Ash? I'll show them. I'll show them all it's Ash. I did a good thing by showing them all. And he also slaps Ash across the face, which is always fine by me. Yes. And your gloom of the week is gloom? Gloom, gloom! I'm sure it's not my Otis one. No, it's got to be gloom. It's the most strangely adorable thing. It's so cute. It's so lovable. It just looks a little sad, and it's really adorable. Its eyes are like Brock's. It's basically got Brock's face whenever he's drooling over a woman all the time. It is just Brock in plant form. I don't know why that's a good thing. We didn't even talk about Erica's backstory with the Gloom. Gloom was wandering past in this house where Erica was being attacked. Like an alley somewhere. There was just a Grimer, and then... Because Erica couldn't be with her parents at all. So she had to be lost somewhere alone. And then suddenly there was just a gloom. And then she decided to keep the gloom. Also, Grimer come from cities. So I don't know what a gloom is doing in a city. But it's quite clearly a plant. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? I'm saying Pokemon because I like the gym and stuff. And also Digimon was kind of boring and had Myotismon. I don't know though, because the whole first half of Pokemon was completely redundant and was also made for a cross-dressing joke. Digimon had Myotismon though. Myotismon had very little impact on the storyline. <laughs> Digimon's was the same as all the other Ultimate episodes though, so it's pretty lazy. It is literally, they've just taken a template and put in love. So I'll say Pokemon. That doesn't mean they get the point though, that's, that's after. Yeah, that's after. Similarities? Women are weak and frail emotion things. So I couldn't really think of a theme and then uh, out of nowhere it just hit me on the side of her face like a bowling ball and I was like, wait, <laughs> what about gender because this and this and this and it just hit me that all of the matches against women he hasn't won properly my theme is women can't do as well as men and that is because in digimon both mimi and sora had to have the guys mansplain to them why what they're doing is wrong and how they're clearly wrong and this is why they're wrong in pokemon if you include brocks it's the fourth badge he's earned and he's fought more women than men which is you know kind of okay but if you look in the grand scheme of things there's slightly more men than women gym leaders been all of those battles he hasn't technically won them and the women just give him the badge so they're not really seen as proper battles. So that's why gender, and that's why I'm like, uh, really, Pokemon? I know Digimon does gender stuff, and I know that it's not the best, but I honestly thought Pokemon would be better than this. My similarity is that Pokemon and Digimon are both bad and sexist and awful, <laughs> and shame on them. There's not much else to say. It's a very old mindset. Women clearly are not as good as men in these shows. One more similarity. There was things running away from things carrying a other things. Oh yeah, I suppose. Garudamon carries all the kids and the Digimon away, and Ash carries Gloom away from the flames. Okay, which episode do you enjoy the most? Shall we say like, the count of three? Three, two, one, 
Pokemon. Pokemon. Reluctantly, Pokemon. They're both kind of... Uh, Digimon was so nothing. It had plants, and then Ash looked like Eleven when he's wearing the dress. So, and I like Stranger Things, so... It has some funny moments with Team Rocket as well. And I liked Gloom. And I guess when it was battling, it was okay. Even though Ash was dumb. Yeah, it was probably the longest battle he's had in a while. They both have bad gender stuff in, but Digimon's is like... The bad gender stuff is in between all the same stuff as the last episodes. Where it's just filler of Digivolutions and using attacks and listing what crests everyone has. I get like they can have strong opponents like Brock, he fought, lost, came back after doing something to be stronger. Surge, he fought lost came back after doing something that made him stronger and they were both like epic battles that he won because of smarts and wits and stuff like he knew that pikachu was quicker than raichu but then with sabrina the first woman that he fights and loses goes to do a thing comes back stronger quote unquote he hasn't actually done that he's just had a a pokemon follow him and then he doesn't win in an epic battle there's a fight and then Haunter just pulls a face. It, it should have been a really good match. But no, it had to be a ghost pulls a funny face, girls laugh, wins badge. But that was a different episode. <laughs> I know, but this is like the next woman that he fights, the next gym. And it's again, it's he could have had a really good match, but then it's cut short and then gets given the badge. Uh, it's a shame, but it still just about gets the point because Digimon failed. It gets the point because plants. So it's 14-12 to Pokemon. Join us again next time where we will be watching episode 27. Hypno's nap time and the gateway to home. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the world thread and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye 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 bye. Bye. Butterfree. I was waiting for it. Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we answer that age-old question, which Mon is better, the pocket or the digital variety? I changed it, I changed it, I did a different one. But now it's weird and I don't like it. You don't, why don't you like it? Because it's wrong. <laughs> but we say the same thing every week. That's because we do the same thing every week. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm actually quite ill this week, so this episode and the next episode, <laughs> I will probably sound like a rusty saw, but that's fine. You do realise that whenever you clarify that you're feeling ill or something, I usually edit it out. I'll put it at the end then or something. I'll just I'll just make a note and let people know that I'm ill. Just edit yourself in going, I'm ill. Listening to the episodes, like, because I've been binging a couple of our episodes, I can tell when I'm ill. Because mm. I sound slightly better than usual. I'm made of salt at the moment for that. <laughs> Why so salty all the time? Uh, because I'm a carbon-based life form. That's sodium, though. <laughs> sodium is salt. Yeah. Carbon isn't salt. I don't know. I just wanted to m- mention some sort of mineral. It was the wrong mineral. I don't care. Your chemistry joke failed. It did. It, it failed. And I don't want to admit that it failed. I knew as the words left my mouth that it didn't make sense, but I just have to keep going with it. And you might A-star chemistry GCSE would come in useful at some point in my life. <laughs> all of that, all of those years of doing uh, chemistry just to be able to call me out on my chemistry joke. Yeah, all five years of it in high school. <laughs> Yes, we have. Maybe this next episode will be good. I doubt it.
I don't think so. Shh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Why are we whispering? I don't know. <laughs> Why do we feedback? Okay. They invented the donuts. They did? Well, also known as rice balls, but okay. still. <laughs> I thought you were giving me some sort of random factor and I was really happy then. <laughs> did you really think that they would have invented the donuts? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Neither do I. Did they invent the donuts? Let's look it up. You're actually who, looking up whether... Who invented the donuts? Was it Mr. and Mrs. Donut? Oh, it was an American. 